Hello and welcome to Bald Move Television, where the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And I'm Cecily. And we are here to talk about a bunch of different top, uh, topics. We're going to talk about uh, Hulu's new original comedy, Rami. Uh, then we're going to talk about uh, American Gods, the latest two episodes for that. Me and Cecily are going to. Uh, we also have got a bunch of things we're going to be talking about next week that are coming out this weekend that you guys might be interested in. Uh, Netflix has a Beyonce. Do you, do you know what that's called, Cecily? The Beyonce uh visual album slash concert slash celebration of black history i forget the name homecoming right now. is homecoming. it homecoming there we go i think so okay yes, um and we are also going to be checking out uh, the hbo uh vice documentary this weekend the future of work and tomorrow 420 we're going to be looking at the grass is greener uh, which is a documentary featuring featuring Snoop Dogg and others uh, talking about what's the, that going to be about the history the the, <laughs> the 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 history the legal history present and future of marijuana in the United States. Um, so we'll be talking about those things and probably more next week. But let's talk about Rami. Uh, is a ten episode long Hulu original. It is about a young Muslim man in New York City, I think, Jersey. Jersey. Maybe, maybe Jersey. I think it's Jersey. Yeah, around in the tri-state area. Yeah. And he is looking for love. And he is trying to be a good person who believes in God. Uh, and he looks at some people and they're way over the top. And other people are way under the top. And how, how do you make your way? What did you what did you guys think of this, this show? First of all, as far as Hulu presents it, I thought it was interesting that they chose to drop all 10 episodes instead of mm. their usual oh. usually they drop two at a time and then it's one begun for yeah. the remaining weeks I, I was all real, ten I, the binge assance has begun I was, yeah. I was really hoping they'd stay firm and maybe netflix would go the other way no damn it hbo you're next you uh, stupid people <laughs> so yeah you thought you could pin any of these streamers down isn't there Wait some kind disney of disney plus hits your oh yeah face i mean as bubbles. as a uh, abrahamic religion there's got to be some kind of proscription against gluttony in in islam right uh-huh you see, you're binging what's binging if not uh entertainment gluttony it's fair uh aside from the release schedule what 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 do you think jim uh, yeah, I actually really liked it. I thought there was a lot. Uh, I had read reviews of this prior to it coming out that said, this is in no way a universal comedy. And when I watched it, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because this is speaking to me as a formerly religious person yeah. uh, who parted ways with the religion. Yeah, A lot of those questions are very much in your head. The stuff that this this episode, which we've seen the first episode, I think we should... Mm-hmm. make that clear mm-hmm. uh is is raising in rami's life and mm-hmm. i think that is probably the most interesting angle for me yeah especially since um th- I, I think it's not universal in the, in the way that like it might be harder to access if you do not have experience living in a subculture maybe and but doesn't everybody to a degree like i think I feel like everybody as a young person is trying to figure out who they are and what they stand for, and how that meshes with everybody else around them. But but if you're following a rule book that tells you what those things are, and that rule book is very different from everyone else's rule book, that's where it comes into play, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, you're not totally wrong. I just think the rule books, they may be different for everybody, but they exist for everybody. What do you think, Cecily? I mean, I, I agree with you. As a woman, I found that there were a lot of parts that spoke to me. As a person who, I have a lot of... 
Um, I have a few strict Jewish friends that I thought a lot of this spoke to their experience that was described to me. I feel like it's it speaks to the experience of young men, 20-somethings, people who are religiously strict, or people who are just have strict parents for no particular reason. Mm-hmm. I think I think it sort of transcends all of those things and it speaks specifically to young people that are just trying to figure out what faith and their purpose in life sort of means right now when you're 20ish. I yeah, and I'm no you longer will, and you have no purpose or point cuz you're 20ish. <laughs> right. I I'm no longer in that age category and that stage of my life, but I certainly remember what it was like. Yeah. And and this this series does a really good job of portraying that, I thought. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think in particular um I felt that there was a lot of these experiences that Rami was having that I felt um very similar to experiences I had as a young man growing up as a Jehovah's Witness and yeah. like 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 the idea of going to your elders and being like, do you really have to wash between the toes? Like what? I mean, can't God read my heart and just have this like blank look yeah. of stupidity? So I got to go in field service X amount of hours right. a, a like, week. Like, like if, if I can't, if I can't get average 10 hours a month and if, if every, you know, like how, like what does that even mean? Like what, what, and, and the fact that you just, you just, you don't get a good explanation you just get like an encouragement to keep doing the status quo. Or if you, if you, pour your heart out to the, the those people and you know they hear the like surface level thing like this guy this guy pours his heart at this guy at the end and as one of his litany of pouring his heart out he mentioned that he jerked off and like after his two minute soliloquy of like what am i supposed to do i know what i'm doing this guy's like you just jerk off too much it's like yeah. oh. the same guy that forcefully washed his feet earlier in the same yes. episode yes because he wasn't washing his feet properly i just felt like all that shit was uh stuff that i really identified with the yeah also the idea like um that i remember as a young witness growing up like you tried there's okay uh i'm imagining and this show portrays that muslims are all over the place about how strongly they believe in god how closely they adhere to the tenets of the religion yeah. all the different branches probably have slightly different and like as a as a witness i remember it was a you know it's like i i'm not as conservative as my parents but then you go out and you try to interface with young people and you find out like oh wow that person's way that person's going to hell or that person's not making it into the kingdom of god you know like you start having yeah. like okay they're not they're not perfectly in sync with how liberal I want to be, so they're too crazy, or they're more conservative than I want to be, so they're very uptight. It's like it makes dating and meshing your life with someone very, very challenging. Yeah. So at first, when I was watching this, I thought, "Oh, he's just a bad Muslim," mm-hmm. uh, and I think they're they're very much like telling you, "Look, he's not following all of the uh, the stricter rules in the Muslim faith," mm-hmm. um, and it, and over the course of the episode, I think you come to realize that. A lot of people aren't. Um, you know, I bet his sister isn't. Certainly the girl that he goes on the date with is not. Uh, oh, absolutely. When his sister started to or started to condemn him more for his <laughs> actions, I was like, I have an older brother. I know what she's doing. She's she's pitting her own, like, you know, guilt onto him. Like, he's, Yeah, her argument is such bullshit. Like, he's going to blow You're making cover. my life difficult? Mm-hmm. Well, that's your problem. Like right. you, I can't adjust my actions based on how it might affect this other person indirectly because right. my parents might give them a hard time. Like that's their problem to solve. Right. I have to live my life. I, I very much felt for Rami in that situation, not the sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the woman he met in the 
the Egyptian woman that he had a, a yeah. set up date with? Is yeah. that where you were going with that? Yeah, yeah that, that's the other thing. Like, I it, it showed you that not everybody is following these these rules, and I think that's what throws Rami into turmoil. Like, where am I supposed to fall on this spectrum? You've yes. got the, you've got the guy washing my fucking toes like I'm a kid in a sink. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got this girl who wants to finger bang and choke on the first date. Like. Uh-huh. There's got to be some balance that Rami's got to find, and right. that to me was like the the biggest thing in this episode that made a lot of sense. As as you know, I was once a young man trying to find those answers myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what are you? That's the thing. It's like ultimately, this is why I this always comes back to me when I talk to re, the, the the reasonable religious people. Is at the end of the day, everyone finds their place on the spectrum of where they're comfortable with. And that is that spectrum is influenced by your family and your religious beliefs and your personal experiences. But what I don't understand is why people don't understand that those are all at the end personal choice, mm-hmm. you know, because no one is out there living the Bible 100 percent the way like Jesus would want you to. No one's out there following the Quran 100 percent the way Muhammad would want you to do. So everyone's making their own personal decisions. So like what right and why, s- why all the angst about like which particular one rule you're going to break and which particular one you're going to be super serious about just like it's it's all cafeteria style you know right and exactly to that point you shouldn't set your standards for higher for other people higher than you set your own right so he's he's this guy who's off fucking white women where we had just seen in a previous scene that he was con they were condemned for having sex with white people or white women, sorry, specifically. And then he goes to have sex with this uh, woman. That's this chaperone date that he had set up within uh, between oh, yeah. chaperone dates. That's another one. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. I mean, who was this guy that was even chaperoning her? I've been but on a few a- chaperone dates. Uh, they're a gas. So he's like very it. free about, you know, having those relationships with white women, I think was the point. That's why I keep saying white women. And then he has I this like, every, I, I he has this relationship or this starts his date with this Muslim woman where he, projects all kinds of things onto this woman like i you should be treated this way and these other women should be treated this other specific way you just yeah the point is so not I, to project what you think other people should well their I, so I have should be. i have another take on this i think okay. from both of you um based on you guys watched this while i was in the room uh have, I, having I already seen take. it insider I, I secrets yeah so so i was listening to you both sort of go back and forth on this and i think i have a third take which okay. might be out in left field maybe but... i should get my take first just so if it's because or... okay. your take was what again this is, he's putting a lot of, of my his take own was that he's setting his woman. standards for other people yeah. especially women higher than his own standards mm-hmm. i think he is trying to figure out what a good muslim girl would want would let him get away with and then when it turns out that it's like way more than he ever anticipated like it kind of blew him away but the other hand you I thought think... that a kiss uh, the first kiss was way more than he anticipated. I think that, like, I guess that's fair. If, there I, some very yeah, strict if she's rules. a concern, like she's a she's going on a chaperone date, and then like, yeah, like to assume that she's going to kiss on the first date, to assume she's going to fuck on the first date, to assume that she's going to finger bang and choke on the first date, and from her, so I see from her perspective, his perspective, where he made the mistake, but from her perspective, you got this guy who's saying. Uh, I'm not even sure if I, and I want to slow down. And her response is, okay, we don't have to fuck. Just finger me while you choke me. Like, doesn't, <laughs> that seems like a complete uh, misreading of where he legitimately, honestly wants to be with his religious state. What was your take, Jim? Look, I'm open to being wrong on this, but I think there are certain assumptions you can make based on a religion. And that is a belief yes. system, right? So yes. 
there are rules within this religion. Um, if if I were to assume something about uh, Jehovah's Witness, having spent you know eighteen years in that organization, uh, there are certain things I would assume, like a chaperone date is probably a thing that they might want. Uh, kissing before you get pretty serious to the point where like talking about marriage might mm. be a thing you want if you're especially conservative. I think it's fair to operate under a lot of assumptions about a person based on their belief system. Yeah. Not on the color of their skin. That has nothing to do with this. It's all about like the Muslim faith is a system of belief. Right. So this is the guy who's struggling with the idea that he might not be Muslim enough. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of goes overboard the other direction and assumes, oh, well, all Muslim women are going to be exactly like this. Mm -hmm. And I agree. He is like stereotyping her but not for the wrong reason in my opinion it's because the belief system is such that it it makes sense to make certain assumptions and that that's kind of why I like i didn't like that scene with his co-worker where he was basically you know swiping left on on the women who were wearing the head coverings uh-huh. because you can assume a certain thing that is an outward expression of your belief system Right, like that. Right. Will, that's probably going to be a too conservative Muslim. My mom doesn't wear the hijab. I was growing up in a household. This where is none not of a shallow thing. I, yeah, like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, right. I don't buy what the coworker is saying at all. It's like I don't, this is not a shallow thing. Like I get, Rami is very confused about it. Rami doesn't understand quite why he's doing it. I don't think, but there is a case to be made for this is a belief system that is represented by this physical manifestation of it. I can assume a lot about that. For example, like for example, I feel like he's objectifying these women, either using them as sex objects or using them as maternal objects. But either way, they have an objection for him to fulfill with them. He's not treating any of these women as potential life partners, friends, something like that, that you would look for in, I mean... But again, this is this is just my opinion of how relationships should be. Yeah, he's using. He, I think he's using them for one purpose or another. Uh, I don't think he. I. Th- I'm. Cl- and I, th- I don't think that's direct. I don't think it's malicious. I don't think it's explicit yeah, it in his actions. Yeah. I think it's a subconscious. Well, here, thing. like, like uh-huh. for example, I when I was dating, I was not opposed to dating a Christian woman. But like, if I was swiping on Tinder and I saw a woman wearing like a prominent cross, like 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 you know, like uh, like one with actually the figure of Jesus on it, probably swipe left because yeah. that's a serious Christian. Or if I saw, uh, you know, a a a a, a Christian that's wearing like a fucking Amish style head bonnet, way swipe left because like that's what I'm saying. Like I think that when he was looking for Muslim girls and he was like, oh, anyone that's going to wear a head covering is already by definition too conservative for me. So well, that's the thing. I almost don't have to watch the rest of the series to sort of know where they're going to come down on it. I think it's going to be sort of in the middle. Right. You've got this one uh, very devout Muslim washing between his toes, mm-hmm. and then you've got this this woman and this coworker telling him that he should not make any assumptions or that he you know doesn't need to adhere to any of these rules essentially mm-hmm. uh, in order to to you know be the person he wants to be. I think the ultimate you know. Uh, point of the show is going to be that you can be a good person you can follow most of the rules of your belief system as long as they're internally consistent as long as they're not harming anybody else Mm -hmm. and that's that makes you a good person Mm -hmm. right like the point of this and a lot of other shows that are coming out right now is that you need to just believe in yourself and not what society expects of you or enforces on you 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, if and, you are and if you can do Bryant, that within you know the the rules of sort of what makes a decent human being decent, right? Like not exactly. harming other people, you know that kind of stuff. Then exactly, it's, it's absolutely what you need to do. Just because I'm not a Muslim doesn't mean I'm out here killing babies and raping dogs. I don't know. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so I, that's the worst that thing is I can think of. That just do, came actually. To mind. No, um, yeah. If you don't have faith, you're killing babies, raping dogs. Yeah. The only reason I kill babies and rape dogs is because I don't believe I in Jesus. Am... No, no, no. It's because I'm a Catholic. I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that, but okay. It had to well, be said. I assumed to be true when I knew that you were raised as a Catholic. Oh my God, God, another baby killer. I mean, in light of dog the, rape the, or Jesus. the Notre Dame burning down, I didn't want to out myself as the reason, but it yeah. got it got pretty bad there. Really my faith is strong. Really putting a target on your back. Uh, I think we lost the thread. What happened? What happened? I don't know. We've like all I said, learned I, something important today. Yeah. No, I think, and the other thing is like, this thing is very funny because it also feels very true. Like, I think that yeah. there's probably, I know that um, in the Muslims I've talked to and the ones I've seen talking online, it's like, there is a lot of pressure being a Muslim because like, you have to be, you know, you don't like it. It's, white people are scared of you and there you got a weird religion that everyone's not like wants to like tell you what it means like no one wants to hear how you think of it they want to tell you it's like oh no you're just you have to be a terrorist because you're it's it's commanded by your scripture and they they give like all this leeway to christianity and they give zero leeway to the 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 religion they don't understand and like when they're portrayed in the popular media like think about like all the Muslims you can think of that you've seen online, and they're either like terrorists yeah. or if they want a counter program, they're on an anti-terrorist unit, but they're still wearing okay. their hijab. And then yeah. I think I think uh, 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 at, uh, Abed from Community was also Muslim, and it never really mm-hmm. came out because he was autistic, and that was the big thing to him. Ah. But like mm-hmm. you know, like like it must be nice just to see like the, the, like, like what would probably feel authentic to them. Like, look at, these are people I recognize from my mosque. These are people I recognize from my community. These, uh, this runs the gamut. You've got people that take it super serious. People that mm-hmm. say they take it super serious, but don't live their life that way. You know, um, people that take it super serious and, and don't live their life that way and are racked by guilt, uh, it just all over. And, and, um, you know, like I said, that's the important thing about representation is like, it takes some of the pressure off from all these, these Muslims individually being judged by and, and being held accountable with the community to be like, look at this piece of entertainment. Everybody can watch and kind of get a little bit more understanding about yeah, it. Absolutely. That's For a sure. good point. I think if the, if we were to watch the whole season, then we would find that the guy who forcibly washed his feet and told him he jerks off too much probably has some other similar time he kills babies he jerks off with his own dirty feet all the time (laughs) between his toes that's why Uh, you gotta that's why you gotta especially clean he wastes the seed all over the place and is doing it (laughs) can we okay can we also this this show is very funny i want to say that it is very funny and it's also i'll probably keep watching it and i like the thing like it like i like when i see characters because i feel like i'm a weird person uh but i like seeing people being weird in ways that i'm not like what was going on with him washing out the condom? Is there... Because I, I was trying to think of, like... Because the plain reading is, like, he's just really afraid to get her pregnant, so he is checking for any kind of breaks. But then there's a, there's a darker where, like, he's afraid that she's trapping him into this. Like, like he's oh, checking boy. for holes because I, she might have put the holes there, and he's washing the condom out because he doesn't want her. Because I've heard some dudes... No, no, I got... What, what, what I got was it was, a, it was a twosome, right? One, you see if there's holes... 
And two is that you wash out the semen so she can't dig it out of the trash. I've heard guys say unironically that that's something that they worry about. Like I take Take the the condom condom with you when you leave. Yeah, I'm like Jesus, dude. I can't even imagine being that paranoid. Wow, Uh, I can't even imagine being that trifling. But it happens. (laughs) I mean, it does. We're just like some people get mauled by bears. But here's the thing: is that downtown cities? Like I'm sure it happens. You should have established that. The kind of person you're sleeping with is that kind of person that's either that good or that bad. Yeah, but when you're down one night stand, sleep with them. And that yeah. doesn't look like a one night no, stand. It didn't. They seem comfortable together. Yeah. She's yeah. wearing I thought a t- that was the girl that he said he's been dating. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's his that was his girlfriend. And yeah. you know she was she was ready. She had the questions ready. She was yeah, outside yeah. of the that's door. Right, white women jump She's into like, things. <laughs> always jumping jump into things. Always business, jumping yeah. in. You know, dip. he's probably does this every time. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. And then he's being caught out and just seeing like, oh, God, this is cr- like, this, oh God, is, this never... looks crazy. Is it crazy? Like all those things were like washing over him mm-hmm. as he was was seeing it. And then, like you said, running the extreme other. It's like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Fuck it. I'm gonna let my mom and dad set me up. What's and... his fucking solution if he this thing just leaks like a sieve? Right. Like, what's he going to do? Drag her down. He's so to... fucking passive aggressive. He's not going to go out that's... and show it to her and say, did you fucking do this? Yeah. That's the amazing thing is that he, <laughs> like, like I thought that's like, like she's like, okay, we'll play this out. What happened? He's like, well, you know, like, we might have to. Get an like, abortion. But, but, but I that's can't not get in your abortion. ethos, so he can't. Like, what's his right. solution here? Yeah, no, I mean, that's. <laughs> like, if you did find a hole in the condom, what the fuck are you going to do now? Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So I I don't know why he it's almost like a George Costanza moment where he's so fucking neurotic. It's like yeah yeah. He's getting in his own way. It he's is. causing he's, the he's problem. Just, yeah, but he's just stuff, worrying about something he has no control over. Right. Like, but yeah. I do feel like that that stuff that's another little sneaky insightful thing about these uh, like sub subcultures and communities is that like being so different in a crowd of other like being the only clownfish in a tank full of blue tangs. Makes it kind of crazy because you 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 start to doubt yourself because everyone else. I remember as a Jehovah's Witness, seeing like, God damn, look at all these people living their lives and they're doing whatever the fuck they want, and they seem like that like that that like just just seeing a uh, a non-witness family being happy and successful is almost like a crisis moment. Like like it it's like mm-hmm. gives it like it, it's a, 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 a whereas like you know if you're just living your life like everybody else and you have a bad day or have a good day, we just you're living your life like you're someone else. But when you're that different. Yeah, and I think it's also fed into by, you know, his friends within this, the the faith. He, right. you know, they're all pressing him, like, get off this white girl train, get on this Muslim train, right. because that's the only way you're going to have someone who understands you. Yeah, don't wait. Were you going to wait until you lose your hair? What's going on? Yeah, you're going to end and, up and with And all the... that feeds right back into the, the complete fuck up with the condom. Yeah. You're going to end up stuck with, stuck with a girl from Ohio. Ohio sucks, bro. <laughs> it does. It's such they're a not medium wrong. place. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah. yeah, but no, I I actually really like this show. I could see yeah. myself watching um watching watching a lot of it. Yeah, um, maybe ten episodes worth. Maybe ten episodes worth. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Nah, not on that. Well, Cecily and I have about twenty or twenty thirty minutes on the last two episodes. How of American do you know Gods. how long it's going to be in advance? I'm not fucking good. <laughs> I've been doing this podcasting a few years. I can precisely estimate how long a segment's going to be, and uh, we're going to. Uh, it is and, and two Jim, episodes. Jim, we're I swear to fucking god, you open your mouth one time while we're talking this I, American God shit. You said this off is air. Over. I get it. I get it, man. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm just going to say a word. I promise. I'm All right. just going to cut it. I can't trust him. Without further ado, American Gods.
Before Cecil and I get to American Gods, I want to tell everybody about the club because it's the best way to support uh, Bald Move and get more great content. Uh, there's tons of exclusive video and audio uh, podcast and extra pieces of content that you can get. And you can go to club.baldmove.com, preview all of our offerings. And right now, because of a sale we're running on the back of Game of Thrones, we are doing 25% off our annual memberships. Uh, and unlike our other club sales, this is open to existing club members as well as new ones. Everyone is, is, is welcome. So go to club.baldmove.com. If you'd like to lock in those savings, existing club members, you can renew for a period of up to five years. If you want, if you mm-hmm. want to lock in those savings for potentially longer than Gemini's natural lifetimes. <laughs> oh God. Uh, hope not. I, I don't know if I got another five years. So I mean, look at me, uh, <laughs> You can go to club.baldmove.com, uh, and I encourage you to do so today. Okay, Cecily, we're back after uh, not talking about American Gods for two weeks. We are here to talk about episode 205, The Ways of the Dead, as well as 206, Donar the Great. What did you think of these episodes? And then uh, let's talk about them. I thought that they were a little slower mm-hmm. than what we've been used to. Mm-hmm. Um, we got introduced to some cool characters, mm-hmm. interesting backstories, uh, that I'm not sure how it affects the future. Yeah. But I, I still think it's, it's got that pop. It's got the pizzazz kid. Mm-hmm. That's still fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that like, I don't really know what's going on with all of the plot right now. There's a couple of things, storylines in the last few weeks that I, not sure i'm 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 understanding where they're going and that might come together by the end of the year by the end of the season it might not but the performances and the writing and the dialogue and some of these scenes uh continues to be worth the price of admission mm-hmm. even though again i i wish i knew more of what was going on or more of what dialogue is actually written and yeah. not what they're improvising in the scene I, i'm still playing yeah. that game where i see a nazi walking down a hall you know, shouting at people. I'm like, is is he making yeah. this? This is ad libbing, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, like in, like for example, in episode 205, um, it turns out like uh, Nancy accuses Ibis and Jackal, etc., for feasting on all the death caused by this vengeful uh, entity, Froggy James, who is uh, very angry about uh, him being uh, just, just brutally lynched and. Uh, the, the 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 black folk at the time turning a blind eye or being unable to help him or being unwilling to help him to rise up and he's he's uh haunting this this town of of, of Cairo because of this uh and that's these this is it gives these gods of death a steady supply of death and dead bodies to take care of that sustains their worship uh, and that then he theorized that's why they're staying out of the war so Shadow goes and he communes the froggy and he's able to channel him at this wake and he stands up and essentially says, Memento Mori, mm-hmm. rem- remember that you will all die. And that combined with what Bilquis is doing with the good child lady with the crazy collar has got mm-hmm. the, the black folk in Cairo rising up to make a change. But but then so 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 there's a part where Nancy threatens Ibis and says, look. You are you're you're getting you're you're feasting on brown bodies. They're my worshippers, and this cannot be. But right. by the end of the episode, they're all laughing and joking. Like 
there's this huge high stakes confrontation that doesn't pay off by the end of the episode. And I'm not like like what Shadow did might be a start of a change in what's going on with Cairo, but mm-hmm. it seemed like one it seemed like Ibis should be pissed off about it. Like someone lost and someone won there. And why are we invested in such small stakes? Yeah. You know, if this were if this were like the riots in St. Louis that it was set in, then I would see that. Mm-hmm. But the battle for this Ruby Goodchild's mm-hmm. soul? Yeah. Not, I, yeah, I agree with you. They didn't they didn't do a great job of selling that this is a huge problem. Or like I don't I don't know how big Cairo is or Cairo is. Like there there's a whole lot of things that are nebulous and um I mean the stakes are getting two powerful gods of death, I guess, on your side. But I felt like the emotional beat and also I'm getting a little tired of uh the gods like you know like I I'm not sure how serious you're supposed to take them because Orlando Jones's Nancy's always like, oh, magic isn't real. And don't you know anything? Shadow, blah, blah, blah. Like that's starting to get just a little old. Yeah. Him having very valid questions about what's going on with his experience and the gods being like, oh, you don't understand anything. I fucking don't understand anything. And I'm the omniscient audience. I should understand a little bit more, I think. Right. Exactly. I agree. Um, So... We also see Wednesday, uh, I, I theorize that, that sprout that they got from the uh, person who was holding on the gun near Ikomi. Ikomi. Uh, was uh, Id- Idrasil, the world tree, and that was kind of confirmed because as Odin was planting it and he pissed on it, he he whispered some Norse to it and said to grow. Yes. Um, he also is off to see uh, the king of the dwarves because he wants to fix his spear gun near. Uh, he wants to fix the spear Gungnir, and it uh, is broken for some mysterious reason, which we found out for this week. And so there's this whole side trip that he takes to put Shadow alone with Ibis, and it's just, you know, essentially, you can't, it, this is not where you got to go. You got to go to this other place. Like, Odin's whole point in this episode was just to be away from Shadow. Right. Exactly. So the shadow can, it's not even like he's the ultimate voice mm-hmm. for, uh, in the end, he mm-hmm. was just, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but he was, yeah. but he was possessed. And once he spoke that truth, it was like the, the spirit exited him. Right. But he was speaking to a room full of people who had already agreed with him. Right. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure what that's all about. I just, uh, and uh, I, I think that this is kind of indicative, I guess, of a larger problem of what I'm starting to see with the plot, which is like this whole going to get Gungnir and reconstitute it and rebuilding it feels like it should have been a single episode that's just kind of handled straightforwardly. But the, it's it's stretched on for like the better part of four or five weeks, and it feels like the show is intentionally stalling on plot so that they can hopefully get their shit together and be a little bit more focused and intentional about things in season three. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel that in the first couple episodes because things there were, you're coasting on momentum for last episode from last, from last season. But I don't know if it, it, it's starting to feel like this season is going to be all about just reconstituting uh Gungnir, and man, I hope the payoff for that is worth it because that has been, the arc for this season a little bit of self-discovery about uh shadow uh trying to get uh the dead wife to be less dead and well, making gun near it's done now isn't it no yeah no. once he delivered the lou reed jacket well they got that just... runes etch but now i think it needs to go back to the smith to actually fix the spear part 
the other one of the other th- noteworthy things that happened this episode is we finally met the Baron that Mad Sweeney has been saying, I have dead wife. You got to go down there and have him recharge you. Drink one of his potions. And they, I really liked these characters. And I thought a lot of this stuff was really cool and sexy. Mm-hmm. It did feel like the, the, Laura's quest to be al- alive is feeling a lot like Odin's quest to get Gungnir. It's like, this is just a, the princess is in another castle again and again and again. Right, exactly. But it was pretty enjoyable. I really liked... Um, These are great characters. Baron Samedi. Samedi. Uh, Big Mike from the Deuce. If you watch the, the HBO show, mm-hmm. uh, Mustafa Shakir, I thought he cut a really, really imposing and sexy figure. Oh yeah, for the Baron. Um, I liked M- uh, Mom and Bridget, which. So I'm wondering. I thought it's like, huh, this is interesting casting that they're taking this Haitian voodoo goddess and turning it into a white woman. Mm-hmm. But it turns out she actually is. Right. I was, Why? Uh, so I did a bunch. I did some research because I think this is fascinating. But this uh, this voodoo religion is just like this giant cauldron where they just melt down all these different faiths and intermingle them. Um, so there's like a Catholicism. There's a lot of African like. Uh, 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 shaman type of magic stuff going on there and the wa- reason there's a white woman is because um, at the same time they were moving slaves to the West Indies and Americas um, they were also transporting convicts from Ireland uh, who were essentially slaves as well and a lot of women who were caught for prostitution which the source I saw said the prostitution could be uh, you kissed a boy and your dad didn't approve mm-hmm. or you got raped and were pregnant and uh, they would be shipped over here as slaves and they would work alongside the uh, African women in the fields and in the swamps and in the cane plantations. And these white women brought the concept of uh, Brit St. Bridget, which is the patron saint for Ireland, mm-hmm. which also is kind of a Catholicized version of the uh, the much older like pagan goddess uh, Bridget okay. or Brit Bre- the breed. And... Um, there's a lot of other kind of like kind of melting points of this where you got uh, this this um, Mama Bridget, which is based on Saint Bridget, which is based on the goddess Bridget and the goddess Bridget. When they would worship her fertility festival in the spring, they made these things called uh, Britty dolls, okay. which are, um, you know, like twisted like corn silks and, and the flowers and stuff that they would use to like um, they would bury them on their property to make uh they're like you know to, to be fertile and to bless the land, and the concept of those dolls then turned into voodoo dolls. Oh, so you see all these, um, all these kind of cultural influences came together, and that's why you have a white woman in a kind of an African pan African uh, pantheon, right? Which I thought was pretty cool. And these uh, these these loas, the Geta Loa, as she, they said, it are this collection of spirits that oversee both fertility and death, and you could see that very clearly in this episode because they're all about right and each loa has their specialty too mm-hmm. the barons is resurrection right um yeah this fascinating culture as if you're interested i suggest going and reading more because we only scratched the surface yeah yeah yeah. we were slightly we were wrong because this wasn't like literally papa legba but papa legba is a different type of low like him and baron's uh Samedi are like approximately the same power level um so yeah, we were uh, in the right right neighborhood, just the wrong street address.
Yeah, I don't recognize this guy's name at all. Okay. Uh, I don't remember his name, but I don't think it's either of those guys. So, what's the next point? <laughs> um. So so basically, the this guy's got the a power to bring her back to life, but he demands as payment truth, and they he makes this potion. Um, they then have uh, like a night of of wild sex and a little joke that the lowest play on Mad Sweeney and uh, Laura Moon is because the while um, Sam Sam D is 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 getting busy with Laura. Uh, Bridget's off getting busy with Mad Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Also, I really appreciate the fact that it takes him. It, he she had to give him the full Don Draper to to get him up and ready for action. The slap. The slap. Yeah. <laughs> full on, full on face slap to get to, to get him engaged. Um, but at some point, um, and this is kind of like you know we said foreshadowed when they went to through the horde transport, they yes. started fucking each other. Yes. And it seems like there was some surprise and shock and confusion, but then raw passion there. Okay, so Brigitte brings out of Mad Sweeney some kind of truth of her own. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Stupid. It's so, it's forced. There's nothing there between them. I understand like a shared kinship and him like feeling that, Mm -hmm. but it's not something I'm interested in. Yeah, because like. Unless they sold me harder on the fact that he sees this, that Effie girl, I think that was her name. But the, I felt like the, the episode to the the same episode kind of undermines that because they cast Laura Moon as another rando girl in the story. She's the one that gets murdered in connection with being you know eyeballed by the by uh, Froggy, uh, which led to his execution and all that. So it's like they keep on reusing her as just like random bits from like people in the past that interact with these gods and spirits so it's right. like the gods live forever she just plays that that to every me if, if that yeah to me that that tells me that you can't take seriously just because they cast her that you that that literally means oh there's a connection there's a spiritual connection there but, there but that's was, the only thing that makes sense right sure but i mean i assume that this effie woman didn't look exactly like her mm. but what he see that's how he sees her now hmm but how does that relate to the the froggy stuff? I think that has nothing to do with the froggy stuff. They're on their own separate. They're on their own separate path. But, but you're using. I'm the talking cin- about Mad Sweeney. Yeah. The fact that he's in love with Laura Moon. I I need some sort of reason why because right. I'm just saying that like the cin- if if you're going to say that they're suggesting that there's some connection there because that's how he sees her then what is oh what- no no I wasn't I wasn't making a connection to that okay. I'm just saying that he. I think he's projecting onto Laura this this uh, remembrance of well he's not a god so he doesn't need people to believe in him but uh, you know but people do not... leave him right offerings no yeah he's not a, he's not I don't I actually first of all I don't know that he's not a god um, and also I don't know what he the distinction said so this season I believe yeah but like I don't know what the distinction between like a god and a leprechaun and a jinn because it does seem like they need people to believe in them to give them strength. So, like, to me, this is, like, this is a caste system. They're all the same type of person. Some are more powerful than others. Some are more important than others. But there's no material difference between Odin and the Jinn, for example. Well, I think there's, uh, I think it's a magical type of object or power mm-hmm. where if you're a god, you're just a god and you right. can invent those things. Mm-hmm. Mad Sweeney has a coin. Mm-hmm. The Jinn has the fiery eyes. Or what? Just Say is, what now? is a genie. 
What I'm now? saying they have their own magical object or property where gods are gods and they can create those things. Mad Sweeney's power is tied directly to the coin. But didn't like I thought the coin is powerful because he imbued all of his luck, his like magic into it as like kind of a repository. The same way Odin puts a lot of his strength into his spear. You know, I, I, I I'm I with know, you. Just, I'm grasping a for a way to make the Mad Sweeney Laura Moon connection work, uh, just because they needed to. Because well, ultimately, so, I think this the actual truth here is that Laura Moon just wants to be a horn dog, right? Um, I don't. I I actually think the real thing is that she is not in love with. You think she just feels guilty, Sweeney and that's Orman. what's motivating her yeah. to keep chasing Shadow? Well, no, there's definitely something there. I mean, she sees him like this fucking sun setting over the horizon. Like there is some kind of weird connection, and I think she has some unfinished business with him. But it's not like, oh, I need to be your your wife at the end of all this. Hmm. So, but I, again, this is all very muddy and I, I don't know. Um, and I feel like at the end of two seasons, maybe we should, but we'll have to see what happens in the next two, two weeks. Question. Yes. Would you have sex with a woman you just saw vomit maggots? I mean, if I'm a death god, Present why company not? included, because I know you've seen me do it a thousand times. Because look at Bilquist. Like when she, she thought, she thought Laura Moon was so fucking attractive. She's like, oh, are you some hun- you're some sexy Hungarian death goddess. I think these gods are like, they see that differently. I think you threw the word sexy in there. Uh-huh. She just asked her if she was a Hungarian death goddess, and I would absolutely no, but didn't they, believe didn't, that. Then she French kissed her. Like there was definitely some sexual god attraction there. I thought sex, death, and robots. Yes, that's all we're missing is the robots. We need the robots. Where are the robots? <laughs> a technology boy. Maybe that's he's Ooh. coming back as robot boy, Ooh, okay. Astro boy. Uh, but this is like a here it in. It's like the princess is another castle because she gets this this love potion, but it needs two drops of love's pure blood. And she I think the dilemma she's in is she realizes that she can't generate this herself because she's not in love with anyone. Maybe she's not even capable of it right now. Mm-hmm. So it felt like uh, and I think that I don't think Baron Samdi is like a satanic figure, or an evil figure, but I think it's within their character to kind of be tricksy and vindictive and kind of offer monkey paw type of deals. And that maybe, you know, and the, the fact that him and like Bridget were laughing their asses off as they were switching places, I thought was a clear indication that she's been had. Oh, absolutely. And some of the reading I, I was doing is that they they loved to you know, gamble and mm. the yep. the lore is that he does like to have, he does like to fuck a lot of other he women. Does. That's such a great and line. <laughs> he is a, he is a particular penchant for, uh, cigars, which you see him smoking and yep. rum apparently is a character trait. They like rubbing rum and peppers on their body. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, read was that sometimes when the loa was finished with the ritual you summon them you feed them you they answer your question and then they are supposed to go away right um especially right especially like baron samedi i guess that a lot of times you have to cut them off they'll say oh one more smoke one more drink one more one more in sack chasers (laughs) right they're they're very much you know Trying to push their luck, and yeah, I, I not read push their that, luck, but they're you know they're they're they need to have discipline and rules as well, right? Right, and that's one of the chief. Uh, yeah, that's one of the chief functions of like a voodoo priest or priestess is they're like these lower wranglers, like they know the special things you got to do to get them out and the spells and incantations and inscriptions and whatnot. So, um, yeah. 
Anyway, at the end, Laura is pissed off thinking that this is just another Odin setup to, you know, do a true a cruel trick on her uh, or, ex- or expose her. And she walks out on Sweeney, whose luck goes sour once more. So I, I feel like that he wants to leave her, but he can't because every time he does, the further he gets from the coin, the worse off his life is. So maybe that's part of it, that he just has some connection through the coin. It's nothing about dumbass Laura Moon. Yeah. Uh, finally, the other thing we learned important this episode is the djinn, uh, Ifrit, uh, lives in an amulet that Odin wears around his neck. And that's why he's working for Odin, because he is literally beholden to him. And mm-hmm. this came up in this sparring with him and Salim about his relationship to Allah, Allah and, you know, why there's some humorous things where Wednesday is kind of like, oh, this is monotheism. Come on, give a little bit to the fun, happy-go-lucky Odin guy. Yeah. So... Uh, that's kind of Does, it for that episode. I didn't think he still lived in the ambulance. I thought he... Well, clearly he's not now, but I think it's because he's fulfilling a wish. I wonder if, like, once I he think, accomplishes... I think he freed him and made him beholden to him that way. But I don't think that works that way. I mean, I, 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 the only thing I know he about Jinn like, comes disappear. from Aladdin, but... Yeah, I think he freed him, See, and I that's think, what makes him beholden to him. I think so. That way, the djinn can go off and do whatever he wants. But anytime Odin summons him, he has to come. My speculation is that Odin has has cleverly crafted a particular series of tasks that the djinn, djinn has to do. Uh, then let's talk about two hundred six Donar the Great, which is almost a bottle episode by this standards. It really right. just is. Uh, an extended flashback to when Odin uh, and his son Thor come come the literal blows in the early 20th century, and then the B plot is Odin taking his spear to Dvalin to fix the runes on it, and then they have to engage in low stakes scamming to get a jacket owned by Lou Reed that has enough worship imbued and power in it that they can it, it gives the uh, the dwarfen forge or the dwarfen forge smith enough power to recreate the runes on on Gungnir. yes so that is literally the only thing uh, i thought it was nice that that the, that they teased his burlesque history in the previous episode because he says oh you always got to keep your audience waiting that's something i learned when i ran a bur- bur- burlesque <laughs> show and uh-huh. then we see an extended Admittedly, very fun Ian McShane moment where he's singing and dancing and doing. Uh, yeah, he's having fun. His singing in the rain, uh, 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 little little act, his cabaret. Yeah. Did you know this episode was directed by Rachel Talalay? No. Who is that? She is the woman who directed Tank Girl. No shit. Yeah. Huh. So I thought you'd think that was fun, especially with all the. The interesting pinup girl imagery and mm. the yeah the the art uh, the new nouveau riche type of art uh-huh. Uh-huh. with the with the old timey World War yeah two imagery I love it uh, I thought also I really thought the casting of Thor was really great I thought that guy was very cool I love his beard uh, I love the physicality of his performance the you know the fact that he's this like you know. He's essentially the 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 Thor's mighty Thor from Marvel, um, and I thought that was interesting how they kind of um, Odin here refers to because he he wakes up in the the parking lot of this mall where the door the the center of the dwarves power and uh, Shadow talks to him and he says uh, you know it wasn't quite the Odin sleep and I'm like oh that's interesting I didn't know the Odin sleep was a concept in the the actual mythology it's not 
it's not Odin sleep is is a purely th- is a thing that was invented by Marvel for the fakey Marvel pantheon of Norse gods. Uh, so I think it's interesting that is that suggesting that um, was was Odin just making a joke or is the fact that probably a lot of what people know about the Norse mythology at this point comes from their interfacing with the mighty Thor from comic books, is it actually shaping the real life American version of Odin? Sure. Absolutely. I think, I think the thing that you can do with these kinds of mythologies is you can make them up because they're not real. Mm -hmm. So maybe Marvel did create the Odin sleep and that just will continue to be the story for, from now on Mm -hmm. or for the next interpretation of Thor, Donar, whatever whoever brings it to life next time yeah uh they'll cite this as their (laughs) their their history uh the core of this plot like the flashback plot is the fact that um you know odin and thor and this uh, relatively new god columbia which we'll talk about in a minute have holed up with mr nancy and they're running some uh, burlesque show Mm -hmm. uh, and they're just kind of subsiding on people's uh uh, like like this show is essentially keeping them into people's public imagination, putting on this show. But there's an opportunity with these American Nazis to like gain real prominence. And I I did some research. They don't they don't really make this explicit. Um, I think they do, but like it's 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 hard to follow. But the swastika mm-hmm. is actually a symbol of Thor. It's supposed to be like two of his lightning bolts crossed together. And that's why you, they kept on saying like it's the f- uh, I forget what they called this they kept they called it like the fort yeah the filet or something like that yeah like the the the, the fr- thwarts the, yeah the frayed thwarts or something like that and they're like oh it's a symbol this this is a way that we can get back now I think Odin kind of knew these people were bad uh, yes and I think Columbia definitely knew they had some bad feeling about these Nazis but they were blinded by the idea that they might be able to get their power back um and i thought that so i thought this was kind of an interesting plot and like it didn't seem like it is immediately apparent like what all this means and we did learn something interesting and new which is if a god commits suicide that's like a surefire permadeath for them but when i found out that columbia actually up until fairly recent times up until essentially um uncle sam came along Mm -hmm was the personification of the United States. Uncle Sam around World War One, uh, World War Two, took over from her. Right. Um, I thought that was really an interesting kind of political statement to show that America, you know, it's like, ah, don't know about these Nazis, but, you know, I do want to get to that point where I get the thing that I want, and so I guess I'll go along with it. Right. Um that that it reminds us something like uh, that Dan Carlin says in his hard, his hardcore history podcast a lot, which is America has its principles and America has its interests, and when it follows its 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 principles, it's pretty righteous. But the problem is, anytime its interests and principles conflict, America always 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 chooses its interests. Right. Um, whereas Winston Churchill said, you can always trust the Americans to do the right thing after they've exhausted all the other opportunities, all the other, uh, all opportunities. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think that that was, uh, kind of interesting. Um, and that Odin was in a, Odin was in a situation where that he would either have to like betray his love for America by supporting the Nazis mm-hmm. or, you know, like which how beholden is he to American any, anyway? 
Well, I don't know, because the idea of, like, they just went off to California, that that was, I, I got the idea that they would just grow old and probably die as mortals, because people would stop believing in them, there wouldn't be any... I don't know. I think she would have... How would Columbia ever make a comeback? Like, Annette Bening on the Columbia Ar- United Artists... Uh... She turned into Rosie the Riveter. Did... Yeah, but that's 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 when that's because uh, Odin set up the the, oh, because, the, the, the well, double I mean, cross she, where she's oh chasing... the Thor Thor's not stay waiting for you no uh, Columbia's not waiting for you and then they yeah, both went their separate gotcha. ways. Yeah. Well, she was chasing the American dream by going out west to California. Mm-hmm. I think that she would have strived out there, thrived, strived to thrive out there, <laughs> strive to, thr- to thrive, strive to thrive. Out there. Uh, maybe, but like I said, I don't think that was the plan. I think the plan was they're going to go out there and just kind of disappear. Uh, yeah. What, what evidence do you have to def- refute that? What evidence do you have to support it? That's what they said they were going to do. To go out there and just toil away barely, and die as they mortals? They were barely surviving on this little roadshow thing. If they went out yeah. to California and no longer performed or did anything, yeah. I, if I mean, they no I can't longer predict performed. the future if they went, but I'm saying, like, their plan wasn't, let's go to California and start some movement that's going to get us all rich. It was kind of like, let's just forget all this shit and go be in love together. What was the significance of Thor breaking uh, Gungnir with Mjolnir? I always feel like I have, like, both molasses and peanut butter in my mouth as I say Mjolnir. <laughs> Uh, just to break free of his father. Yeah. Well, it's also it's like it shows that the power he's getting. I guess this uh, like the 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 Nazis growing more and more powerful was was actually supercharging because Odin Maybe. seemed actually shocked that he had the kind of the level of power that he had. Right. And like this is like this is the power he can't walk away from. Which so I guess the since since Thor's dead, and he's for real for real dead. What lesson, if any, did Odin learn from that? That there's some principles that you can't compromise to get, for the acquisition of power? That there's some people you can't ally with or just too shady? I'm not sure that Wednesday ever really learns anything. Well, because here's the thing that's interesting. We also meet Technology Boy, who, as we discussed the last time, was before this Telephone Boy. Um, and he... It didn't seem like Mr. World was quite on the stage yet, right? Right. Um, but Odin, it seemed but he, like... was he the one on the other line when I he got know. the phone call at the table? That's the impression I got. Oh, but, but it seemed like Odin was in, a, was in a play to, like, be offer Technology Boy a way forward the way Mr. World apparently is doing that with the gods now. Um, and I'm wondering why he ever stopped doing that like why did the old why did the old god step take further steps back and let mr world kind of take things over because at this point it felt like there was a real transition period um and i'm wondering if what like because because there's a lot of other things where like uh odin says like oh shadow you remind me of your son and he's reflecting about his mistakes and um and and whatnot and i just feel like that there's some kind of connection between him turning down or him learning that the Nazis essentially would have destroyed them from the inside or it wouldn't have been worth it. And for and, and the fact that the old gods have kind of taken a step back from the, the world stage. That's an interesting point. You know, it, it's starting to get into that time period where it's a lot less all out war and more cold wars and spy craft and things like that. Is that where Mr. World starts to take his power? Hmm. Um, I think was he born in J Edgar Hoover's office? 
<laughs> no, I, I feel like the, that's the thing. Like, if Mr. World was around at this point, he wasn't nearly as powerful. Like, I think in right. the Cold War is where you started getting the Central Intelligence Agency and the concept of men in black and, uh, you know, like G-men investigating people and getting and prying their personal life and going and seeing if Area they're... Area co- 51. Yeah, all that kind of stuff is like, that's when... Uh, the, the the belief in the man kind of became turbocharged. Yeah. So I don't know who the hell he's talking to. Maybe it's a pro, like a a very early version of Mr. World. Like the, a uh, like like Mr. World was just a conspiracy. Like he is just conspiracy theory himself. He's essentially the Illuminati and the Masons and whatnot. But it's it's Mr. Regionals. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, oh oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Mr. Continent. Mr. Continent. At best, he's Mr. Continent. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of entertaining stuff, like uh, other than the spectacle of the singing and dancing, I really liked. And the, the fact that they didn't, they don't really explain it is like uh, the negotiation between the dwarves and Odin. Like, why does Odin hate these dwarves so much? He's fucking like, why does he refuse to spend and any guy, money? He had that that jacket yeah. um, cut out from wherever he got it in his yeah. pocket, ready to go. Oh, yeah. Well, I know why the dwarves were kind of lusting after it, but, like, the, the his vis... It reminded me a lot of, um, like, Austin Powers' dad, his, like, reflexive hatred of the Dutch. Like, it just comes out of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. The only thing I know about the mythology of this, other than, again, reading the, the, the Mighty Thor and the Marvel Comics movies, is playing God of War. Uh, yes. Last year, because like a lot of these uh, dwarfing characters, you know, that you have to, you got to take, you got one guy does your runes and one guy does the smithing and they kind of have this rivalry. Like all that stuff was kind of familiar. Well, I think uh, we know more about that from playing Skyrim. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess all the, all the Dwemer ruins. Yeah, but they're not, that's like not the same, like that's not the same dwarves as like the Nordic dwarves, though. Like those are just like, oh, no, oh. Not. I think they're it looks not. like we've got a gatekeeper dwarf over here. No, I'm just stating, stating <laughs> facts. If facts is gatekeeping, then consider, <laughs> consider your gate kept. Hey, you have the right to your own opinion, not your own facts, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually did a little research, and I guess the only connection between Tolkien dwarves and the Nordic dwarves is that uh, there is a Dwalin character who linguistically is very similar to Dvalin. Okay. So they're not, you know, obviously the dwarves in um, the dwarves in the Norse is kind of like these demigod characters. You know, they're like very, very similar to the god Vulcan. Like they're 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 the, the smiths and the forges, and they make the weapons of the gods and. Okay. But they're also huge. They're, they, they, that's also something that I'm not quite understanding because they did they played at that with the Thor movie where you know uh, the dwarf in that movie the gag was that he's actually massive and then they made that joke last uh, where Samir says you're the you're the biggest dwarf I've ever seen that's yeah. right baby I'm the king of the dwarfs like there's a looseness to with them using that term right exactly but I don't there's fucking dwarves man this fucking this the, just the way Ian McShane was kind of like you know just barely contained disgust and like you know like Shadow had to hold him back these, these fucking dwarves Ian McShane he's doing so much right now yeah I wish we was... just watched John Wick 1 yeah last week and I forgot he was in that movie and all these what, what's the other thing we just saw him in Hellboy Hellboy the yeah. new Hellboy and this he's just having a lot of fun right now mm-hmm. and without it's been a long time since I've seen Deadwood. In fact, so long I can't even claim to have seen it anymore because I don't, re- I don't remember the, so the much. The movie's coming out this year. But even without that, I'm on board for the movie just because Ian McShane, mm-hmm. I, just anything he's in, I'm for it. 
So I guess predictions for the rest of the season, they're going to heal Gungnir, and oh. that's going to be a big thing. Because I, I, I will say that Mr. World seems to be shitting his pants about the, about the idea that Odin's got his hands on Gungnir already. Well, that's what I was going to say. We didn't even talk about new social media. <laughs> I have no fucking clue what's like. What did she do? What I don't happened? Know. She's getting her followers worked up about something. Right. And she needs technology, uh, so they're going to probably... He needs this technology. He needs... His power comes specifically in the form of likes and emojis. (laughs) Right, yeah. Through Snapchat. I'm just not sure what a shadowy government figure is getting from social media where people live their lives as an open book. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone posts six selfies a day, what are you gleaning from watching them post the selfies you know right. what i mean well especially since he doesn't Does seem to have any sense? trouble keeping track of what odin's doing so like that intelligence and information that he was so concerned about it seems like he's got that but i i i think it's supposed to be mysterious but i honestly have no fucking clue of what new media could be doing to help mr world right now right especially just- without because she's like well i need tech it's like well you just I, I, I really am waiting to see what they do with Technology Boy 2.0 mm-hmm. or what his next evolution, because I felt like retiring Technology Boy was a little bit premature. Technology is very much a part of the modern day, and it's what social media is built on. It feels like there again, I feel like this is a very princess in another castle situation where there was no need to kill Technology Boy except for it, it killed time. I think social media Social new media ate technology boy. I'm sticking with that theory from yeah. last week, two weeks ago. <laughs> new media killed the technology star. Ate him. Ate him. Yep. Uh, all right. Anything else to talk about? We got yes. They got two two more weeks to bring this thing in for a landing. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. What else? This do? show. Have you heard this? What renewed for season three? Seriously. Seriously renewed for season three. Guess what else? What? New showrunner. Yeah, well, they'd have, yeah, because they, they, that's the last thing they did is like as soon as the thing got rolled off the assembly line, fire the old guy, the, the third or fourth or fifth generation showrunner. New showrunner, Charles Chick Egley, who is known for Hemlock Grove, The Walking Dead, Dexter, and The Shield. Hmm. Half of those are good. It depends on the season, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's very fucking true. Because those those are, I mean, two of those I never watched. Walking yeah, like Dead and Walking Dexter. Dead went it's like to straight shit. Dexter, I heard, I never. Dexter, stuck with if it, it was it one to, of the first three seasons, it's like okay, it's, okay. But, but it's I'm one of the later ones, it sounds like that could be a hot mess. Right. Shield, I think, only increased in in quality. And then what was the other? Hemlock Grove? Hemlock Grove is like some kind of CW bullshit that Netflix produced, right? Uh yes, it's kind of like low. It's a fair low, categorization. Low, low rent Twilight it's is got, what I understood. It's got so. Famke Jensen in it, so yeah, I don't know. And, and you know, I, I low rent. I don't know. I sheesh, boy, uh, that's good news because I was looking at the ratings, and this thing's not even got a third of the audience that it had last year. In fact, I don't even think people are allowed to call us Undertakers anymore. R- that's true. I, I mean, it's whatever killed this show. We Much had to nothing my chagrin. to do with it. <laughs> nothing. We had nothing to do with it. Yes. Uh, okay. Anything else we want to talk about? That's all I've got. If you got some takes, send them in to TV at baldmove.com and we'll discuss them the next time we stop by. Uh, and I'm not sure if we'll be back for n- uh, next week. We'll definitely be back for the season wrap up uh, for the eighth episode, but it just depends on how banging episode seven is. Two more episodes. Yep. Uh, we uh, will rejoin the conversation then. All right. Uh, that went well. Jim kept his fucking mouth shut. Uh, we got through it. 
Uh, that was tough. We have, uh, obviously, more Bald Move TV to talk about next week. Uh, as we talked about in intro, we've got the Beyonce Homecoming. We've got uh, Grass is Greener. We've got, I feel like there was, what was the other one I'm leaving? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the Vice documentary on, uh, or the, special report the on future the future of jobs, work. which is, this is something, if you've listened yeah. to Bald Move for a long time, you know, one of the things Jim and I are really were concerned about is uh, the impact of automation and technology on our economy, both good and bad. And it's this looks like, uh, uh, you know, if it's something you've heard us talk about, um, but you want to explore further, having not seen it, I could be could be setting people <laughs> up to completely undermine my entire worldview and, 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 and thoughts on, on the, the future economy. But um, I don't know, Vice does fairly good work, especially mm-hmm. when it's like on like technology and and uh, some of the, the more just nuts and bolts legal and economic issues. Uh, but yeah, we got that coming back. Um, got two more episodes of American Gods. Uh, we'll see what also what uh, happens on our TV prep next week. Uh, if you want to send in feedback, you can do so at TV at baldmove.com. Of course, our forums are open if you'd like to discuss any of this stuff with us or your fellow fans. Fams. Mm-hmm. We call them fams because they're yeah. family. Yeah, mm-hmm. be their fam. Uh, TV or at com. And until the next podcast, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. And I'm Cecily. See ya.